Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Travel and Tourism Podcast, my first season. I never had the pleasure of working with my next guest, but he was a GM five times before he was ever a GO. He went on vacation to Clement and Bermuda, Paradise Island, and St. Lucia, all before his first season in July of 1993 in Ixtapa as a mini club GO. He worked his way up to Chief of Mini Club, but he also did circus and was known as Flying Elvis. Who is this guy? Well, it's none other than Jamie Nielsen from London, Ontario. Hey, Jamie, how are you, sir? Hi there, Greg. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. We're the Flying Elvises, Utah chapter. Remember that honeymoon in Vegas? That's, uh, <laughs> you know what? That's probably, that's partly where that came from. It was right around that time. And that was a big phrase for sure. That's my favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> so we already know how you found out about Club Med. You know, you went to, you, you lucky guy, you started going, you know, when you were a kid and you also, Bermuda, was that called St. George's Cove? I think uh, the name of that resort? St. St. George's Cove, yeah, it was uh, it was a birthday present that my mm -hmm. father and I would take a little father-son bonding trip down to Club Med. He had been there, not to Bermuda, but he had, he and my mother had been to Club Med years ago, or certainly knew of it, and we decided to take a little trip, and away we went, and that was the start of a big adventure for me, for sure. And you liked it so much, you wanted to be a geo, and even when you got, you know, we, we have to go see the guidance counselor in high school, you actually told the guidance counselor that you wanted to be a geo, and what, what did they tell you? <laughs> I did. I got, in, I got in big trouble. We got sort of called in for sort of career counseling, and, and what courses do you need thinking about your future? So, so what do you want to be, Jamie, when you, when you grow up and you graduate out of high school? And I said, I want to be a geo working at Club Med, and I got a little bit of a chuckle saying, oh, that, you know, that's cute. Good for you. What do you really want to do? And it got to the point where he actually threw me out of the office because I wouldn't give any other answer than I'm going to be a GO working at Club Med. Okay. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> I bet you have zero regrets too, right? I absolutely have zero regrets. All right. Now I'd like to hear the story about, because, you know, every, any day is a good day and every day is a good day when you get to talk about Ryan Leach. So you said you ran into Ryan Leach when you were GM in St. Lucia, was it? I did. I was a GM in St. Lucia. It was the, the fifth time I was being a GM. And at that point I was a senior in high school and just like all my other previous times being a GM. I just had a fantastic time. I, I hung around with more and more GOs. And every time I went, I would find out a little bit more about being a geo, what it was all about. And Ryan actually asked me to stay. It was, I think it was probably August, late August. And I was going to have to go back to school. I had school plans in the summer. And, and he asked me to stay. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do that I actually had to say no. I, I already had some previous plans made for the rest of the summer that, you know, some deposits were made on, on certain things. And I, I just couldn't stay. It wasn't going to be a good fit. And man, I was really disappointed, but I really appreciated him asking me. And one thing that he did for me that really did help me out in my future was he was really kind enough to write me basically a recommendation letter, just sort of saying, hey, if Jamie, if you ever do apply for Club Med, like you're talking about, take this letter, show it to somebody, and, and hopefully it'll do you some good. You do apply in March of 1993. You have an interview in Montreal. Did you drive down from Ontario for that? I took the train down. Train? Oh, yeah, I took the train down. I, it's lot, it's not a big deal, but a friend of mine had a pass, and he sort of said, "Here, why don't why don't you take this? Go down to Montreal." And there were there were a couple things that stood out for me in that interview. I remember I I got a hotel room because my my interview was the next morning, 
it was a really early start. I want to say it was like 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning start kind of thing. So I get this hotel room and there was a t-shirt that was a favorite of mine from when I was a GM, uh, a Club Med t-shirt. And when I was packing my bag, you know, I wanted to take all these little sort of good luck tokens with me, wear this t-shirt, find that t-shirt. And I could not find this one t-shirt at all. And then I remembered, geez, I haven't seen it for probably a couple months. This is really strange, really bizarre. So couldn't find the t-shirt, whatever. I get to my room in in uh, Montreal and I open up the the side of my suitcase and a zipper that I hadn't even sort of noticed. I open it up and lo and behold, there's that t-shirt in there. So so I had a really good feeling going in into the interview. Now, did they make you uh, do anything or say jokes on stage, crazy signs? Because you, you, you got interviewed a year before I did. And I just remember talking with with my guy and then leaving the interview, not knowing if I got the job or not. So was it just like you one-on-one with something? No, mine was a little bit different. It was, it was a little bizarre. I thought because I dressed up, I wore a suit and tie and Uh I showed, (laughs) that's what I was told not to do. Okay. So you did it. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I had this tropical sort of tie on, I I didn't get anything about sort of a dress code to wear or anything. And I thought that was the way to go. And I I showed up to the interview and I bet there were a hundred people there. Really? Uh, Oh yeah. It was in a big conference room. There are easily a hundred people there. And I was the only guy in a suit and tie. Actually, that's not true. There was one other guy in a, in a tie. But I'm looking around thinking, geez, this is a little bizarre. This is a little weird. And there were two sessions of interviews that day. And I knew that because I actually had a friend that had interviews the day before. So the the morning session and then like an afternoon session. So we get there. It's like an eight o'clock start. Kevin Bat was one of the people I remember and they gave a, a very brief presentation about what Club Med was all about. And, and I knew all that stuff because I'd been a GM and I was just su- super excited. And they said, okay, now we're going to start calling you in one by one. And because Kevin was a sports guy, he said, okay, I'll start with the sports guys. And whoever the other person was, they were either kitchen or technical. They said, okay, we'll, we'll start with the, the kitchen people. We'll call you in by, one by one. And I was applying for a mini club position. It's eight o'clock. Excuse me, Jamie. Night. Why, sure. why, why mini club? Why mini club? Because I actually wanted to be a land sports guy. I always wanted to be land sports when I was a GM, mm-hmm. but I had a background working summer camps, things like that. I knew there was only one land sports per village. And I thought mini club was the way to go. I thought mini club was the foot in the door kind of thing. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. So I'm at my interview. It's eight o'clock. It's nine o'clock. It's 10 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock. The second session starts at 12 o'clock noon. We get to about 11.30, 11.40. There's still about 30 of us that are waiting and we haven't been called in. And I remember Kevin Back comes out and says, okay, we're really running out of time because people for the afternoon session were arriving. We're going to start calling you in maybe two at a time or three at a time. So he finally calls me in with sort of three other people and we sit down at a table and he looks at me and he says something about, okay, do you guys have any questions about being a, a geo? Because, well, this guy here, like, you know, he's got a nice tropical tie on. That would be perfect for, for jeans and tie night. And he says, and nobody had any questions. He said, okay, what are you applying for? I'm mini club. What are you applying for? I, I forget what the other girl, the other two people were. It doesn't matter. But he basically asked me three questions. He said, oh, okay. Why do you want to be mini club? I said, oh, background working with kids. I've always wanted to be land sports, but but mini club, I think, is the way to go. He goes, okay, great. 
You've been a GM already. You know what it's all about. He saw my letter from Ryan Leach. Second question, do you speak French? And I said, well, I, I've taken French all through high school and in university. Yes, I think I can. And, and I answered him in French. And he said, great. When can you go? And, and he told me right then and there that I probably could have been in a village the week after. But I said, well, I'm actually, you know, I'm finishing up in university right now. I've got exams a month from now. I'd, I'd hate to give up my entire year of university. And he said, no problem. Call this number. And, and that's what I did uh, for the next month. I called the same number in the offices in Miami every Friday, basically just saying, hey, don't forget about me. I'm now available. My exam's over. Do you have anything? Uh, and it was June that uh, I got a call back that said, where you go, you're going to Extapa. All right. You go to Extapa, Chief of Village Max Mayo. What do you, do you remember anything about arriving that first week where you fish out of water? But because you were a GM, it was just like being on vacation. <laughs> It definitely wasn't being like on vacation. I remember being on the bus and I was so excited because the GM, GOs on the bus were giving the little spiel about being a GM and and I'm just sitting there going, man, that's that's going to be me. That's, that's going to be me. And by pure fluke, I can't remember the girl's name, but the girl who was giving the spiel finished and then she came to the back of the bus and sat down because we still had like a 10, 15 minute ride to go. And she had been a GO where I was a GM previously in St. Lucia and I recognized her. She didn't know me or she didn't remember me from the year before, but we, we just talked about that. And so it just made me feel really welcome. And then I remember when I got off the bus, nobody really sort of came looking for me to, to be a geo or anything like that. And I just, I just hung around at the back. I waited till all the GMs had sort of been taken care of and then just sort of said to the two geos that were left, hi, I'm, I'm a new geo for the mini club. And somebody took me to my room and, and found the chief of the mini club for me. And we went from there. So a mini club. So what, what ages were you uh, in charge of? So mini club was four to 12. And, and I ended up that first, that first time really doing a lot of time with the, the four and the five-year-olds. I've got a story about my, my first day that definitely stuck out for me as well. I, I really okay. remember it clearly. My very first shift at the mini club started at eight o'clock in the morning. And I came down to the mini club and from eight to eight 30, it was just kind of local play. We, we just sort of played while kids were showing up and our very first activity was the circus. So the chief of the mini club and the other geos I was with said, all right, take these kids down to the circus. It's, it's down that way. So I walked the kids over to the circus. I sit them down and it was Darwin Hamilton and Jillian Fraser two dear, dear friends. And I, I never asked them about this afterwards, but I almost got the sense it was like a, not hazing, but they, they wanted to test the new guy because they knew I was a new GO, obviously. And the very first thing they said to me after the kids were all sitting down on the bench, they said, okay, so you're the new guy. So as the new guy, we need your help. You got to climb the ladder up there and you got to work up on the board with the kids and help send them off the trap bees. And I think they were expecting me to say, oh my gosh, I, I've never done that before. What do I do? And I just said, okay, no problem. And I just bounded up the ladder and, and away I went from there. And I, and I think I impressed them quite honestly, because yeah, I, I, they were my very first sort of geo friends and, and I hung out with them a ton and, and just started doing circus right from that very day one. Okay. And club med, uh, my first season, I learned about if you're on time, you're late. So you and you, I think your third week in Xtapa, you have a story about that, right? I, Being on time. I do. That one, uh, that was a bit of a, a heart stopper for me that 
I think it was either the Thursday or the Friday night, but the chief of the mini club wanted the mini club GOs, regardless of whether they're working that shift or not, on stage for for like a little mini club send off. And I don't know what got into me, but for whatever reason, that night, I I finally sort of had the nerve or, or the courage to ask some GMs to join me for dinner. And I thought I was doing a really good thing. This is pretty good. I'm I'm having dinner with these GMs and it was great. And then after dinner, I'm looking at my watch going, okay, I got another hour or so before crazy signs or before I got to be in the theater. And I walk by the theater and I saw all the mini club geos on stage for this little mini club uh, performance. And my heart just sunk because I'd been told that the mini club chief was really keen that everybody had to be there man if you missed it you were in big trouble and and when i realized that i totally totally forgotten about it oh my heart just sunk and i thought i thought i was done i thought i was in big trouble so i kind of joined the side of the stage on back and i, I spoke to him afterwards and i told him what had happened and, and he said no it's it's okay he, he kind of just had that reputation out there just to make sure that everybody knew it was important but you know i i didn't miss that thing the rest of the time i was there i never forgot about it again did you also learn a lesson about money in extapa i did i learned a really good lesson about money you know you talk about my first season and technically yeah extapa was my first season but i was only there for i think it was about two and a half months so i kind of count Eleuthera. The year afterwards is my first season, but I learned such a valuable lesson in Extapa because basically every Friday night, we, the GOs were, we were going out on the town a lot to Magic Circus, Carlos and Charlie's or anything like that. And for me, it was so easy to just sign for money, sign for money, you know, take, draw money from your salary. And when I went to leave, you know, whatever money I had accumulated, well, there was actually very little left. I, I think I walked out of there with 300, maybe $400. I knew I wasn't going to make a fortune, but I was stunned at how little money I had actually made. And it was a really good lesson that stuck with me the rest of my time at Club Med that I was very frugal when it came to sort of signing money out because that was something that I always remembered. That was something that always stuck with me. So I was I was glad I wasn't there much longer because I probably would have burned through all of it. Well, you left with a lot more than a lot of geos did their first season. They usually wound up <laughs> owing money, and the you know gestionaire's like, "Thanks for your, thanks for your season. Uh, you owe us eight hundred dollars." So <laughs> yeah, I, I got lucky for sure that way. All right, then, and end of uh, fall '93, uh, end of summer '94, you go to Eleuthera. You got Chief of Village, yay! Uh, you got Teach, future Chief of Villages, uh, Chief of Mini Club, and then you got Chief of Circus, Darwin Hamilton. So, what was Eleuthera like? Eleuthera to me was amazing. It was amazing for so many different reasons, but you know, the, the one thing that stood out for me, it was my second time with Darwin for sure. And he and I became lifelong friends because we definitely worked again later on throughout my career. But the big thing that stuck with me and, and, and basically changed my life and changed my club med career was my relationship with teach. He was amazing. I think of him as a big brother. There is nothing I wouldn't do for Teach. He taught me everything I know about being a GO. He really did to the point where maybe I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here. But at the end of those contracts, at the end of that year, Ye came to me and was talking about what do you want to do next? And and he knew that I always wanted to be a land sports guy. And Ye was, Ye's jaw hit the floor when I said, I want to be a mini club guy again next year 
and Ye said, well, Jamie, come on, like you've been talking about being a land sports guy. I'd be interested maybe in taking you down the road as a land sports guy. You want to be a mini club guy? And I did. And it was all because of Teach. I wanted to be, I wanted to be Teach. I wanted to be like Teach. He, he made the job so much fun. His leadership style was amazing. He taught me so much. And yeah, I wanted to be Teach. And the land sports dream was dead because I was going to be a mini club chief like Teach was. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, I I love that guy. He's amazing. He's amazing. It, it, everything, as I say, everything I know about being a geo comes from Teach, and and he taught me things about leadership and management that I use them. Well, I've used in the real world ever since. I certainly used them when I became a chief of mini club myself. But I just cannot say enough good things about Teach and his leadership style. Any other uh, stories come out of that uh, season in Eleuthera? Well, another one that really sort of stands out was before the village actually opened, Darwin Hamilton had to move a bunch of stuff to his room. So we there were no GMs there yet because we were still getting the village all set up. And if I don't know if you know or if you've been there, but the, the Geo building was off to the side and it was a two two-story building, two-level building. And there was this very thin path up a hill, a very, very steep hill to get to the Geo building. So we take the the golf cart and we load it up with, I, I can't remember what Darren was had. It was a bunch of circus equipment or, and a bunch of bags. And we just load this thing up. And there were about three or four of us. Fergie was there that day. We get on this cart and it very slowly, slowly inches its way up the hill because the thing's so heavy. And when you get to the top, it's so narrow up there that with the golf cart, you literally had to do like a 25-point turn to turn the thing around. So we get to the top. The wheels are just kind of over the the edge where it's it's level because there's no more room to turn this thing around. We got so many bags on it. So we put the emergency brake on and we start unloading these bags. Well, doesn't one of the bags clip the emergency brake? And all of a sudden, this cart just starts to roll back. And I think all of us realized at the same time. And most of us realized instantly, oh, that thing's done. There's nothing we can do. So we stepped back because we didn't want to get run over. Darwin, bless his heart grabs onto the front of the cart and is yelling at all of us, grab it, grab it, grab it. As the thing's slowly rolling back and he's running back with it because he can't, of course, hold this thing back. He finally lets go. The cart just careens down the bottom of the hill, crashes into this giant palm tree, rolls over on its side. We're all sort of looking at each other going, "Uh uh-oh, now what do we do? And I'll never forget, there were some local guys that were sitting at the restaurant over there. They were just sitting out on the patio kind of thing, just sort of relaxing, watching. They looked over at us, saw we needed some help. And I remember all three of them just standing up, shaking their head as they slowly walked over to help us kind of lift this thing out of the ditch and, and get it back. Okay. Thanks. That could have went, uh, went any other way, couldn't it? Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, but Darwin, yeah, bless his heart. He was, he was intent that he was going to, he was going to hold that thing and stop it from rolling back, but no, he did not. <laughs> All right, your your next season, I'm I'm curious about because you I'm curious how you got from Eleuthera to Roi du Soleil in Switzerland. How did that happen? You know what? I, I I just got really lucky, I think. I had met Jane Miller, who was in the offices at Miami and, and assigning GOs, went to Miami for a couple of days vacation with another couple of GOs, and, and we just went to the office and we met Jane Miller and she was super kind to us. And she knew I, I think Teach had said some good things about me. 
she knew Teach very well and and Teach had done some ski villages as well, I think. And and I think she almost wanted to sort of put me on the same path that he did. So she said, hey, do you want to go to Rosselet? And I said, yeah, sure. No problem. So yeah, what my technically my fourth season, just a little bit over a year and, and I'm I'm out of the zone going to a ski village in Rosselet was was pretty fantastic. I'll say, wow. Was that your first time in Europe as well? I'd been to Europe as a child and, and okay. as a teen a couple of times, but yeah, just, I, I'd certainly never been to the ski village. What an experience that was. That was, that was amazing. Yeah. Something unique for sure. Did you find time to ski at all? Did you, did I, you have any free time? I did. I didn't ski as much as I would have liked being a mini club geo at a ski village. Sometimes you got to take them to the hill to be with an actual ski geo, but most of the time we just kind of had a little baby hill kind of thing literally behind the mini club and we would just kind of take them out there uh, so I, I did get to go some but not nearly as much as i i wished i had all right and then that summer summer 95 your mini club but uh is it true that around the six week mark in i guess yeah where where did you go after water soleil come to think of it where uh, what village did you go to sure so from from Rosselet, i went to guadeloupe Guadeloupe, okay, with uh, Alain Pistolesi. It was, it was with Alain, yeah, and and that was really that was a little bit different. It was it was around six or seven weeks. Decker Ladisseur was the the chief of circus. Again, I've got nothing but good say good things to say about Decker. He really encouraged me a lot, and it was a really strange mini club setup when I think back on it because there were four GOs only, and that's fine. You don't need a bunch in the mini club, but we were all male which was really unique. Uh, there wasn't a single female geo in the mini club. It was four males. And basically what happened was uh, to make sort of a long story short, I'd been training at that point with the circus. Decker had been showing me things and he'd been teaching me how to work the lines and, and how to fly out of lines, things like that. So a lot of free time was spent down there at the circus. And unfortunately one of the other geos got hurt to the point where he, he had to leave. Uh, circus geo he he was injured and at that point they were really struggling to find like they knew the offices knew it was going to be tough to get another circus geo in there but it was going to be real easy to get another mini club guy so we just basically had a conversation that said hey we're going to struggle to get a new geo in here we got a guy here already that is halfway there what if we just take Jamie and move him over and send us a, a mini club geo replacement instead and that's exactly what happened Oh, really? Wow. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I was so grateful for that and, and so grateful for Decker for encouraging me as well. I remember at the very beginning, just after I got there, I remember talking with him one time and he said, Jamie, you know, you've, you've done a ton of circus. You know, I know you've worked with Darwin and, and Jillian, but unlike other GOs, you never say anything to me about, can you teach me this set of lines or I want to be a circus geo? We were always hearing about geos that wanted to move over to circus. And I remember Decker having this conversation with me saying, how come you never talk about that with me? And, and I just said, well, Decker, I've got such respect for you guys. I don't dare to think that I could do something like that. I don't have the experience. I don't have the background. And he said, well, that's, that's nonsense. If that's something that you'd like to do, I'm more than happy to teach you. And I'd love to teach you. And, and he did. I, I would work the board every day. I would get there on my off days or, or time off, get there first and say, hey, I'll work the board. And, and I'd stay up there for the entire time. I wouldn't come down. 
and he taught me how to pull lines and then he encouraged me to fly out of lines uh, especially when that other geo got hurt and they didn't have anybody for the show he said well jamie why don't you just throw a simple knee hang in the show out of lines which i did and yeah i'm, I'm really grateful for his support and encouragement when you left that season i take it you somehow you got on the chief of mini club stage that would start training in Sandpiper, right? So how did you, did someone contact you or did you contact someone to say, I'd like to do the stage? No, that, again, that was Jane Miller. She, she knew that that was the path that I was going down. And the tentative plan was always Rasolet, another village, chief of mini club stage. And even though I had switched over to circus, I, I think she did call me when I was in Guadeloupe and sort of say, hey, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay with circus or do you want to keep coming to this mini club stage like the plan has always been? And I said, no, no, I, I, I still want to be teach. Uh, I want to come to the stage. And, and so I did. And I, and I knew as well that even mini club, I would still be able to do a little bit of circus on the side. And, and that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, I went right from Guadeloupe to the stage at Sandpiper. How long was the stage in Sandpiper? Let's say it was a week. Maybe it was 10 days, but I, I think it was about a week. Another funny story real quick about the first day of the stage. I had never been to Sandpiper, and I was one of the only, well, I was Canadian, so not uncommon. But that first night when we all sort of arrived, I, I, I think I got there maybe 7, 8 o'clock at night. So it was it was later in the evening. Didn't really have a chance to look around. And I remember Jane meeting me, and she said, okay, well, and I said, okay, well, where do we go tomorrow morning? I've, I've never been here. And she said, ah, oh, for you, you, ju you just go to the circus. You'll be able to find the circus. And so I said, okay, great. So I get up early the next morning. I'm all excited about my first day. Go to the circus. There is nothing there except for the flag trapeze. I'm looking around. I'm looking at my watch. I'm going, where is everybody? It's, you know, two, three minutes before I'm supposed to be there for the be beginning of this stage and I'm clearly in the wrong place. Well, I start asking around, Hey, do you know where, where is everybody? Where is it? And nobody knew where it was. So I'm literally wandering around Sandpiper trying to find where they are. And I remember walking down a hall and just sort of how, just glancing to my right and there was an open door and all of a sudden I could see Jane in there and everybody else in there. And they're, they're right in the middle of a discussion. So I walk in, I'm about an hour late and Jane just gives me the nastiest look you know, sort of how can you be late on your first day? And when we had that first break, you know, I went over to her to apologize. And she goes, Jamie, how, how can you be late for your first day? And I just go, Jane, you told me to go to the circus. I've never been here before. And she thought it was just a big joke. She thought that I realized that she was teasing, but no, I had not. So again, a little bit of a heart stopping moment there for me, but what all was good. Everything worked out in the end. Well, I'll say, because the fall of 95, you get sent to Eleuthera, back to Eleuthera, this time as chief of mini club. You got Tutun as your chief of village. Cheech is now a chief of sports. He's working his way up to chief of village. And chief of circus, Darwin Hamilton, correct? Darwin didn't start as the chief of circus, but he he did end up there throughout the year. And, and yeah, Teach is chief of sports. Uh, again, Teach was just amazing. Teach had been gracious enough to all all of the he had these giant trunks of costumes and toys and games the mini club shows and he basic, basically bequeathed those trunks to me um, I, I don't know how it worked but he had said okay well i don't need these trunks anymore as chief of sports so send them to a village or, or whatever it may be and he said i want them to go to jamie and so yeah all of his stuff was there in Eleuthera waiting for me 
And for me, it was it was all of the equipment that I worked with myself, what, a year and a half ago, two years previously when when we'd been there together. So I got off to an amazing start just having this giant supply of goods ready for me to use Two mini club shows that I knew like the back of my hand. I didn't have to come up with new ones on my own. He gave me all the music on, on the mini discs. And actually at that point it was reel to reel. I still have the reels upstairs in my room, but yeah, again, just so grateful for teach and everything he did for me. Do you have any challenges as a first time chief of mini club that season or it all went smoothly challenges? And you know, I, I can remember one or two, kids that that had a difficult time at the mini club and that wasn't uncommon Uh, so it was it was a challenge for me to have to to do that sort of public relations job dealing dealing with the parents dealing with the child to make them happy I do remember we had one child that sort of did a runner on us and we couldn't find him for about an hour and that mother was was very upset and even even when it came back that the child knew that they weren't supposed to run away but it, it all worked out in the end, you know, there nothing, nothing too crazy. I, I don't think I had any more challenges than any other first season mini club chief would have had. And certainly all around was such a positive experience. And all your time in mini club or chief of mini club, were there any uh, kids that, that stood out like talent wise or, or just so memorable that you'll never like, you'll never forget them. That, did that happen to you? Yeah, there were, there are two that stood out for me uh, and they were both, that first season in Eleuthera, there was a little girl, a little French girl who initially came. I think she came for two weeks and we had a great time. And for whatever reason, she just, she just clung to me. She really took to me. We had such a, a great time. Uh, she was so much fun to be around. I, I used to call her my little Le Pen, my little, my little rabbit. And so, so she stood out for those two weeks and then it was about three weeks later, her and her mother, I don't think it was for me, of course, but her and her mother came back and they ended up staying for four weeks. So to, to be able to take care of this little girl for about six weeks, she had so much fun at the mini club. I was her favorite geo. She really stands out. And then there was another mini club child who came. He was 13 years old. And normally 13 would be in the, the teen club, what we call the teen club, but he, he had Down syndrome and he was mentally challenged. So he was with the younger group of kids, but that guy got a lot out of his vacation. He was so positive and so much fun and he just loved being in the mini club and, and he definitely stands out as well just because of how much fun he had there. And that was such a good feeling knowing that we were we were giving this this child this vacation of a lifetime. I remember his parents coming to us afterwards just saying, you know, they'd never seen him so happy because he he was part of the group. We didn't treat him any differently than the others. We made sure that uh, he joined in and he had friends. And yeah, he, he definitely stands out as well. So following that season, uh, Lutra, spring, summer, 97, you go to Watuka. And um, Momo Belkaziz is chief of village, is that right? That is correct. And and that was a little bit of a strange one too, because initially I was going, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going in as chief. I was going in as a mini club GO. I'd, I'd been chief, but I'd taken some time off after Eleuthera. It was just sort of a couple months. And, and I got the call that, Hey, they can use some help down in Watoko. Sure. I got time. No problem. I'll, I'll jump on that. 
and and I must have known before. I think it was about a day or two before where I got the call and they said, "Hey, the the mini club chief actually has to leave. And any interested in going in as chief instead?" I said, "Sure, I'll jump right on that." So, yeah, I, uh, I went, and all of a sudden I was the chief, and and that was a little bit of a stranger situation too because at the time. Watoko didn't really, I'm going in initially as mini club and then as mini club chief, but they didn't have a mini club. It was a teen club only village. Uh, there wasn't anything for kids. So when I got there, there was a lifeguard. So it was really just a team of myself and one. And until it got to be the summer, you know, there were two, three kids maybe in the village. So it, there wasn't a whole lot going on mini club wise and certainly kids are in school so there certainly weren't a whole lot of teens there either so that worked out in my favor for me because I ended up doing a lot of circus and once again there's Darwin Hamilton he was the chief of circus and I was able to help out a ton there so this is where is this the season you're known as flying Elvis or was that a previous one <laughs> no I I became known as the flying Elvis uh, previously in Eleuthera okay and Got and what that was was I did the I did the trick, the gag trick. Uh, ah, which one? The uh, pants off well, one? <laughs> no, the well, the at the time it was initially called the knee hang catch and return at the same time. Where oh basically yes, you just, yeah, you yeah. just don't let go of the catcher. That's right. And it <laughs> it was actually Elvis's birthday, January eighth, that first year that I just sort of surprised Darwin. I surprised everybody that I had the spiel where I'd run out of the audience and say, "Hey, I want to do the knee hang catch and return at the same time." and I don't know. It just came to me probably because somebody had quoted the flying Elvises from Utah chapter line to me, but I came running out of the audience and I said, I want to do the trick. What trick are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to do the flying Elvis. And Darwin had no idea. And everybody just started laughing. And, and from then on that trick was no longer the knee hand catch and return at the same time. It was me doing the flying Elvis and, and the running gag initially, which I kept going in my previous seasons with Darwin because he was the only one who knew what I was talking about. So that first week, Elvis's birthday, I'm doing the flying Elvis. A week later, I said, well, in honor of the fact that seven days ago, it was Elvis's birthday. And for the rest of the season, it was in honor of the fact it was seven days ago, 14 days ago, 21 days ago, 165 days ago, I'm doing this in honor of Elvis. And yeah, I became the flying Elvis. Well, I'm impressed that you knew his birthday. So I guess you're a big, uh, huge Elvis fan. I am a very big Elvis fan. Always have been. I remember listening to the eight track of Elvis Presley in my dad's car as a child. That's that's how far back me and Elvis go. Well, I have to ask you, since you know the Oscars just passed, what did you think of the movie Elvis loved, by Baz Luhrmann? Loved it. Absolutely yeah, he, loved it. He did a good job. Eh? I thought the actor. Yeah, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. I've I've been to Graceland. Oh, I took really? A I, I have. I took a vacation by myself one time just to go to Graceland to make a pilgrimage is how I called it. Man, I had a great time down there, too. Just love it. All right. So the next season, summer 98, you go to one of my favorite countries in the whole world. You go to Israel, Arziv, and Teach is now a chief of village. And uh, is it true that he called you at home asking you to come be his chief of mini club? So once again, after Watsuko, I decided I was in need of a little bit of a break and had stopped my club med career, uh, in essence. Actually, there was a little more to it as well. Leaving Watsuko had plans with Darwin 
and a couple other geos, we we were going to open a trapeze school in San Diego. We talked about it while we were in Huatuco, and we were all going to leave the club, move to San Diego. And things had progressed to the point that I was actually looking for a ticket to book a ticket, to book a plane ticket to go to San Diego and maybe start checking out some sites. We'd started the, the beginnings of a business plan. And unfortunately, that's when I got the news that, that Darwin had had his terrible accident. Uh, so that he he was the key behind that group. We he was the one that we couldn't do it without. So things did fall apart, and I don't know. Maybe it was about a month later. The phone rings and it's Teach. It says Jamie Elvis. Uh, I'm chief of village now. I, I know that you know. And he said, Yeah, Teach. That's awesome. That's exciting. Jamie, I'm going to Eve. I need you to be my mini club chief. Will you do it? And it's didn't have to think about it. Teach, if you're asking, done. I'm there. And yeah, he, he called me and a couple of weeks later, I was on a plane off to Israel. Did you ever have to go into the shelter that summer or no? Or it was okay? Yes, we did. We we did spend uh, a night in the shelter. Okay. <laughs> and that's uh, that's quite the experience. It really is. Yeah, that's the, the only club ed uh, that had one. I, I was in Coral Beach, but there was no shelter there. So uh, what do you think of uh, Israel? It's tr- truly the most unique place in the world, isn't it? <laughs> it man, is is it ever? Is it ever? Uh, for anybody who hasn't been, it, you know, our Ziv is, is a little bit unique that GMs don't go for a week. They go for either four days or three days. And in that sort of middle day, that fourth day, everybody leaves uh, the village is empty for a couple hours. We sort of clean it, get it ready to go. And then you turn around and open the gate. And, it, and it's different because most people aren't coming on a chartered plane. Uh, they all drive their cars because a lot of them are Israeli. And so there's this big line of cars outside the front gate. And they're only there for three or four days because so many of them are on leave from the army, which means when they're on leave from the army, uh, they're coming to make sure they have a good time on their three-day pass or their four-day pass. So yeah, absolutely. A crazy, crazy village. A lot of yeah. fun. The people I've uh, known worked there said they have to, the soldiers on leave have to check their M16 and they put it in the vault, the bank vault. While they're that there. is absolutely true. That <laughs> is absolutely true. I'll tell you something else that's unique about Arzeev and in particular the mini club. Uh, well, it's, it's a hut village for one thing. So the GM huts are built on a concrete slab. The GO huts don't have a concrete slab. They're literally built on the sand. So there's there's no floor in the GO huts. My situation was unique because I had a room at the mini club. I actually lived at the mini club. There was a room in the back, which was fantastic. It was great. No ceiling. It was open, open air, open to the stars. And I remember when I got there, because Teach had been chief of mini club before in our Zeev, I remember going to find Teach and he says, you know, how's your room? What do you think? And I said, Teach, it's awesome. Dude, there's, there's no roof. What happens if it rains? And he said, you know, Jamie, don't worry about it. It never rains in our Zeev. It never rains. Thanks, Teach. Appreciate it. Two nights it rained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember it. I remember waking up sort of, you know, what, what's that on my face? And and it was raining and it was raining to the point that literally my bed was just soaked, that the only part of my bed that was dry was as if it was a chalk outline of my body where, where I was sitting was dry. Everything around me was wet. And that happened twice. Let me get this straight. You said the geo huts, it was a sand floor, correct? It was. Yeah. Uh, okay. My, you know, I, 
you can laugh at this, but I spent 10 years at Club Med, but actually one of my pet peeves was actually getting sand on my feet or tracking sand in. So you're saying these geos before they had to go, went to bed, they had to like dust off their feet? They would, yeah. Oh my God, this sounds like were, hell. <laughs> they were literally, well, the whole thing was beach where the, where the huts were. It was beach and sand. And yeah, they were literally, there was no concrete slab for the geo huts. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I guess that was a, uh, like a three- three and a half month season I guess, because it's just the summer right it was yeah just the summer uh three and a half, yeah somewhere around there somewhere around there okay and how teach do was this his first season as chief or no uh no i think he'd been in well geez now you got me thinking i'm old i, I was gonna say he'd been in phuket okay was it before or after I'm, I'm not sure but it was it was the beginning of his seasons i i think it was his second quite honestly okay. I, I do think it was his second all right and I'm um, seeing from your list, you is it true you go and become a field recruiter starting in 2000? I, I did. I was made, I, I think one of the first field recruiters. Uh, again, at, at that point, I'd, I'd been I'd been off. I'd, I'd been taking a break, and and I can't even remember how it came to be. I don't know if it was through Facebook. Was there even Facebook around then? Or somehow I got a call basically saying, "Hey, we're starting this new program." Uh, we're going to have ex-GEOs interview current GEOs so they don't have to go to Montreal, for instance, from London. Would you be interested? And and when Club Med asked, for me, my attitude was, yeah, of course, uh, whatever Club Med needs. So so I became a field recruiter. There wasn't, no, Facebook started around 2004. So it wasn't that, but who um, who placed the call to you? Do you remember? I, I don't. I, I can see his face, but, but can't place his name. Uh, he was there for... I met him once. Actually, there's a funny story about that. I don't know if we're leading into that, but I, I met him once because at one point they they were doing some group interviews in Montreal, and they said, "Hey, do you do you want to come down and help us out with these group interviews?" So I said, "Sure." Jumped on the train again and, and went down to Montreal and had a great time for two days doing doing group interviews. and And we went out for dinner. And I remember we went out for dinner that night, and he said, "Geez, the one thing that we haven't found here is a circus geo." And, and we desperately need one down in Punta Cana. Do, do you know anybody? Or I'm surprised we haven't found anybody through these interviews. And at that point, I'd been off for a little while and it had been doing a field recruiter. I had a, a job in the real world too, but which I didn't really like, but that's okay. And it was nothing permanent. And I remember saying to him, well, you know what? If, if you need a circus geo, I could do it. And, and so I did. I, I kind of hired myself and went off to Punta Cana to become a geo again. Did you at least this? Well, yeah, you can actually interview yourself, but so you gave essentially gave yourself the job, right? I did. I, I did. All right. And that, was this your first time meeting uh, Hammer, who was chief of village? That was my first. Yeah, that was my first time meeting Hammer. It was. And how was that? What was that like, that experience? Well, again, it was it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. That was, uh, I, you know, that was something where I was only supposed to go in to, to help out for a little while and had such a good time with Paulito as the chief of circus that I ended up staying for, I think it was what close to two months or however long it was. And, and Hammer was great. Played a lot of volleyball with Hammer. Uh, when he found out that I was a player and, and I could play, uh, all of a sudden I was getting the call during the afternoon. It's Jamie, we've uh, we got a private game going. You, you better get down here. Well, you played uh, varsity volleyball, correct? At uh, which university again? I did from high school. Yeah, the plan was always to go right from high school to become a GO. And for various reasons, it, it didn't work out or it just wasn't the right time for me. 
but part of it was because I was a volleyball player in high school and I did go play varsity volleyball for three years at the University of Western Ontario. What position were you? I was a middle guy. Okay. So I guess you were on the all you were always on the geo uh, versus GM volleyball teams. I'm guessing I, I was <laughs> on the geo versus GM volleyball teams. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Funny, funny story. When I was a GM, the very first time I was a GM, I was I was a volleyball player in high school, became really close friends with some some GMs through playing on the volleyball court. And it was a guy named Jacques, and he was either a the DJ or the, the lighting sound guy, I forget which one, but he was, he was a really good player. So we would play these private games all week long. And one day it was going to be geos versus GMs, but it was going to be Jacques. And I think it was the chief of village. It was going to be two versus six. And I don't know, we'll say that was the Wednesday. So the Wednesday comes, well, I didn't go, I didn't show up. And at dinner, he came running up to my table saying, Jamie, where were you today? How come you didn't show up? Like I've been, you were the guy I was excited to play with or against, and you didn't make it today. Well, that was that first trip with my dad, and we had booked an excursion to Hamilton that day, not realizing that it was the the volleyball challenge. So, so I missed it, and he was understanding, of course. But my entire GM career afterwards never took another excursion again because I didn't want to miss <laughs> anything. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jamie, we, we talked a lot, a lot of, um, about a lot of, you mentioned a lot of names, so I, I don't want to leave anyone out. Um, I'm just curious to see, like, uh, other, were there any other people you enjoyed working with, whether they were a GO or chief of service or anything? Well, ab- absolutely. You know, I've, I've mentioned Decker. I've mentioned Jane. I've, teach means the world to me. Heather Corey is a dear friend. We worked, uh, she was petite club when I was in Eleuthera. She became a, a chief of uh, mini club as well. We did the stage together and we're still good friends to this day. She's also from London, Ontario. I was mentioned in, in a recent podcast by my brother, Fergie. Yes. Man, did Fergie and I ever have some fun. We used to, Fergie and I, I'm six foot four and Fergie's, he won't mind me saying he's four foot nothing. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we, we couldn't be more different, heavy French Canadian accent. And obviously I don't have that accent, but Fergie and I were so close. We used to tell everybody and GMs that we were brothers. We, we, the, the joke was uh, same father, different mother, but we told everybody we were brothers because we were so close. And, and most people thought that we were actually legitimate brothers. So man, did Fergie and I ever have some good times? Well, could I ask a question? Did you two ever play volleyball together? And if so, were you impressed by his vertical? <laughs> not as impressed as Fergie. It wasn't as big as Fergie says it was, but no, for, yeah, Fergie and I played a lot. We we really did. And Fergie and I did everything together. We had so much fun, certainly on the volleyball court. We, we had some amazing times. We had some really good private games. He and I would have played two versus however many. And yeah, Fergie, Fergie's a great guy. Did you ever toss him in the pool for the pool game? No, I never got to do that. He, oh, damn. I heard, I heard all about it, but we, okay. <laughs> we never got to do it at that point. I was a little bit too late for that. Okay. Fergie taught me how to be a blues brother. We did the blues brothers together in, in a show, and that's an act that I carried on when I wasn't with Fergie. I, I taught people how to do blues brothers the same way Fergie taught me how to do it. Nice. But yeah, Fergie was amazing. April Westbrook was a circus geo that she and I worked together a lot as well. She was good friends, dear friends with, with Decker and Jillian. Uh, Dari Lane is a geo that I worked with. She was a circus geo in our Zeev. She came to our Zeev and 
And unfortunately, we we lost the chief of circus again. He he got injured and had to leave, and Dari took over, never having the experience of leading a circus team before. And she did an amazing job, an incredible job, and and I love Dari to death. Uh, Mike Dupont is another circus Joe I worked with in Guadeloupe. Uh, same thing after Decker left, we didn't have a chief of circus anymore, so it was. Mike, myself, who'd never been a GO, Mike was a first time, or I'd never been a circus GO. Mike was a first time GO, and a lady named Simona from Italy, who had also just switched over to the circus. So basically, it was three of us as the circus team, inexperienced at circus GOs. But Mike did an amazing job there. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention my best friend to this day, a gentleman named Eric Crash Bassana, was a circus GO in Eleuthera also learned a lot from Darwin. So, I, I, man, I've, I've got so many good friends. Ryan Leach, again, did did so much for me. My, my GO friends are are the world to me. They really are. I'm, I'm not a big Facebook guy. I don't post a whole lot on Facebook, but I'm so grateful for Facebook because it, it didn't exist, as, as we mentioned. When I first became a GO, I remember writing down names and addresses on a piece of paper to try and find people, you know, to stay in contact. Well, I, I have no idea what happened to that paper but I'm friends online with so many XGOs and yeah, we don't talk every day, but I know where they are in the world and I could pick up the phone or if I ever needed anybody or if I was in their city and I've got so many friends that I know, well, I've, I've talked to them online after COVID especially. And it, it's, you know, I haven't seen them for 20, 25 years, but it's, it's like we were together yesterday. That's, that's what the geo friendship is, the geo bond. Quick question, real quick question. This Geo's nickname, Crash, and he was a circus Geo. Did those two uh, have something in common? <laughs> why was why was he called Crash? <laughs> he was actually a professional stuntman before oh. he became a circus Geo. So yeah, that's that's what a was good his point. Name? What was his name? Eric Basana. Oh, okay, no, I've never I've never heard of this uh, Geo. Okay, that's a cool nickname though. <laughs> yeah, Crash. He was uh he he was in Broken Arrow with Christian Slater and John, John Travolta. Travolta. Oh, okay. And he was in. Um, What's that movie with Jean-Claude? I want to say Time Cop. It's not, is it Time Cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yeah, that was yeah. one of his. Yeah. Mia yeah. Sarah. He, he actually, actually, Crash got hurt in that me in that movie doing a stunt. And you can, if you look closely, he can point it out. You can actually see where he got hurt. His, uh, his injury is actually in the movie. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Usually stunt guys, uh, they, they wouldn't mind that. Like if, even if they get hurt, they say, I'm good. I'm good. Let's go again. You know, <laughs> that, that's, that's Crash. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. With all this time has passed since you left Club Med, have you ever thought about, is there anything you miss about Club Med? Yeah, there's a lot of things I miss about Club Med. I, I really do. What's you your know, three I, three most things that you miss? Well, it, it, I I'm, I really miss being on stage. I, I miss taking that microphone. I miss leading crazy science. I desperately miss that. I, I really do. I, I I miss the thrill of being on stage and talking on the mic. I miss the food, quite honestly. I, I miss that fresh raisin bread every day. Amen, brother. Amen to the food. <laughs> I, I think of that often. And, you know, yeah, I, I do a lot of the cooking for my family, too. But it, it was nice knowing that that Tuesday was Italian night or, or Wednesday was fish night, whatever it would be. I, I miss that. But the thing that I, I miss the most, maybe it probably goes along with the adoration of being on stage and talking on the mic as well. I, I, I miss being a rock star in the sense that, you know, I remember what it was like to sit down at a table with a bunch of GMs and, you know, put your spoon in the glass and they would look up and, and 
sometimes you would literally hear an audible gasp of, I I get to have dinner with a GO tonight. And yeah, you would get asked the same questions over and over and over again. But it was it was such a good way to meet people and talk with people. I miss taking people to their rooms, helping with bags when when people are just arriving. They're so excited to be there on vacation and to know that I'm going to be able to make sure that they have a good time. That was that was something I took really seriously. And 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 I miss all of that. I, I just miss the daily life of being a GO. Do you ever uh, have a recurring dream like I do that you're still working in Club Med or you just not dream at all? No, I've I've never had that one. I've I've oh, heard other oh, people say that. Lucky. But it, yeah, you're yeah. lucky. Okay. <laughs> that one's never it, come to me. Okay, good. Because uh, mine won't go away no matter how I try. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. So this has been awesome, Jamie. I, I don't want to let you go unless I forgot to ask you something or something you want to say. I'm assuming a, a guy like you, like you probably wouldn't change anything, right? The way you did it. Like you, you're glad you went to Club oh, Med and everything. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for a world for the world. There's, there's, uh, I'll tell you real, real quickly. There's, there's two things that I'm really, really proud of when I look back on my entire geo career, I spent one day as a chief of circus. Uh, I was, it was in Punta Cana, the other geo, everybody was on vacation or coming back from vacation. Paulito Peterson, the chief wasn't there for that day. His second, sort of the second in command, she was going to be on vacation. So I had one day where I was the official chief of circus. I'm proud of that. And I had one day in my career where I was technically the chief of village as well. That was in Eleuthera. Teach had, was on vacation coming back to Tune, was leaving that day or, or whatever. They were crossing over. So I kind of had the reputation of being the number three guy in the village that year. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a, an official briefing uh, in case there was anything catastrophic that was going to happen. But, but I was recognized as the chief of village for one day in my career. So those are two things that I'm really, really proud of. and remember fondly. And I also invented a crazy sign, which I'm really proud of as well. Teach one of teachers, big things was crazy sign competition. I, I think he started that when he became the chief. And it got really serious. Uh, each each service really wanted to win and, and have a crazy sign that became recognized. Uh, when I was with Teach uh, in the mini club, we had one where he came up with it and and it won and it made its way to different villages. But when we were working together in our Zeev, we had the same contest. And I invented a crazy sign to the Spice Girls. Who do you think you are? And we won. And so we did it all season long. Oh, boy. And then, was it two or three years later, whatever it was, when I showed up in Punta Cana, my jaw hit the floor the very first night when we did crazy signs, when my Spice Girls crazy sign was in the rotation and they were doing it at Punta Cana. And and I couldn't believe it that somehow it had made its way from, from Israel to Punta Cana. And, and I tried telling people that I was the inventor and I don't know how many of them really believed me, but but I knew. Well, imitation is a sincerest form of flattery, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was quite the shock. It, it, it was the exact same. Nothing had changed. Teach oh, wow. had taken it to another village and somebody took it from there and it, it made its way. And so, yeah, a couple of years later that they were still doing my crazy sign. That that made me pretty proud as well. That made me really feel like I'd left a mark. Well, Damien, this has been awesome. I, I first of all, want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us here today. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me, Greg. This is this has been a lot of fun, and and it's it's really taken me back. Just sort of trying to prepare with some notes and and finding some some pictures for you to send. It's been a real trip down memory lane for me, and and I'm 
I'm grateful that you gave me that opportunity. It's, it's made me happy just getting ready for this. So thank you for that. And thanks for all you do. Uh, I love your podcast. You, you got some good people on there telling some good stories and, and again, it just takes me back and makes me happy. So thank you. Well, thank you. And, you know, again, thank you for saying yes, because uh, it might surprise you. I don't, I don't hear the word yes a lot. Okay, So thank you for, uh, for being such a good sport and, and being open to it. My, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Greg. All right, everyone. That was uh, Jamie Nielsen from Ontario, Canada. And here's where we say goodbye to our listeners, Jamie. Bye, everyone. See you next week. All the best from Jamie. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of My First Season. Bye.